Hello and welcome to the AMA Update video and podcast. Over the years, we've talked a lot about health inequity. We've discussed the impact that it has on patients and what physicians and health systems are doing about it. Um, but today we're going to focus on the economic impact of health inequity. And for that, I'm joined by Dr. Willie Underwood, chair of the AMA Board of Trustees, and he's in Buffalo, New York. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Dr. Underwood, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm looking, I'm excited about our conversation. Well, you recently gave a TEDx talk on the issue of health inequity, and in it, you presented some alarming figures that underscore the need for action. Why don't you start by sharing some of those to help put the issue into perspective? So according to the 2005 study in health affairs, that if the black and white mortality gap were eliminated, an estimated 83,570 excess deaths each year could be prevented. When I looked at the study from 1991 to 2000, that's 886,202 deaths could have been avoided. When you look at that over a 20-year period, that's more than 1.7 million deaths of Black people could have been avoided. Now, when you look at a few studies in 2022, their research found that 49% of Black adults said that a major reason Black people generally have worse health outcomes is that their health care providers are less likely to give Black people the most advanced medical care. 47% said that hospitals and medical centers giving a lower priority to their well-being is a major reason for diverting or differing health outcomes. Well, we know that if perceptions are true and 90% of reality, then therefore we as a health system, as physicians, must do better. Those are alarming statistics. And in addition to those in your talk, you also shared some unique statistics about the economic burden of the inequity, which I think is something people, you know, they don't consider, they don't talk a lot about. Will you tell us more about that? Yes. So we look at the economic burden of this. This is totally unsustainable. In a study in 2009, the economic burden of the health inequalities in the United States, they looked at from 2003 to 2006. And the combined cost of health inequalities and premature death of $1.24 trillion. Wow. That is a lot of money. Also from 2000 to 2006, that eliminating health disparities monetized people could have reduced direct medical care expenditure by over well, $229.4 billion. That's 30% of the direct medical care expenditures for African-American, Asians, Hispanics, were excess costs uh, due to health inequalities. Now, that wasn't enough. Right? In 2002, a study by Deloitte said that the current health inequalities direct costs in the United States to the healthcare system is over $320 billion annually. Now, if left unchecked, that's going to reach a trillion dollars or more by 2040. Our system cannot afford to have an excess cost of a trillion dollars. It's, it's interesting to hear you talk about it uh, in terms of that economic impact when most of the time we talk about the medical uh, impact of health inequity. Do you think when you frame it as an economic 
uh, paradigm that it might inspire more action to address it? I hope so. Because what we must understand that when we talk about health inequities, people look at it, oh, that's about them. Oh, that's about a subpopulation. Oh, that's about some of the American citizens. But also, that's SOM. But this is really about the sum, S-U-M, of Americans' prosperity, of Americans' productivity, of our ability to be the great America that we could be. Because when the system is burdened by, in this case, currently $320 billion and looking forward to be a trillion dollars, that makes it bad for everyone, for the sum, S-U-M, of our society. Well, if you were to lift a burden of that extraordinary extent, we're talking hundreds of billions of dollars, what would that mean for medicine in this country? Well, you think about it. So what could we do with $320 billion, right? Number one, we can make a fair, equitable reimbursement for physicians. That's number one. Number two, we can restructure the system and think about it very differently so that we can ensure that every citizen has access to top quality care. If we even took that money outside of the healthcare system, which I hope we wouldn't, then we can transform our educational system, our other infrastructure issues, so that America itself is better off, that all the citizens are better off. We can create economic systems. We can evaluate the social determinants of health and think about how we have become more productive as a nation. That's a lot of money and we can do a lot of good with it. Medicine doesn't stand still, and at the AMA, neither do we. AMA members are physicians like you who are shaping the future of medicine. Become a member today and join the movement. Visit ama-assn.org slash movingmedicine. Well, we've been talking about kind of uh, macro level issues and costs, um, but obviously working toward a more equitable future for healthcare is gonna require changes at every level. What advice do you have for individual physicians about what they can do in their daily practices? I tell you, you know, when I think about this, I ask myself that question. And the question I ask, what am I missing? What are my blind spots? How do, what the role am I playing in the interaction with this patient that, that, that puts them in a position where they don't come back or they're considered quote unquote non-compliant? And how do I address those issues and build greater relationships with everyone that I see? I would suggest if, if I was running a private practice or even a health system, I would survey the people who are not only are my patients, but the people who were my patients, who I saw, who I interact with briefly, who did not come back, or I considered non-compliant, and really get to the bottom of, of my own personal blind spots or the blind spots of our system to try to figure out where are we contributing to this problem. Most people say I'm not contributing to it, but the data suggests that we're all are contributing to it. Now in your TEDx talk, you also mentioned the role that health systems must play in health equity. What are some of the immediate changes that they can make right now? Well, so when we, when we think about it, so we need to continue to work together to diversify our profession. 
diversity is not only good for our financial portfolio, but it's also good for our profession and patient care. The scientific literature supports it. We know that the administrative and bureaucratic processes can also exacerbate health disparities. Health systems should continue to examine how they work, how they provide patient care, and improve their processes. Even if you're the best system in the United States, you can be better. Well, Dr. Underwood, thank you so much for joining us and for your perspective. And we're going to make sure to include a link to your TEDx talk in the description of this episode. Everybody out there, take a look at that. Uh, We'll be back soon with another AMA update. In the meantime, you can find all our videos and podcasts at ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thanks for joining us today. Please take care. Thank you for having me.